everybody. Welcome to the Kids Inc. Podcast. I am your host, Susan Yeager, and this is episode four. In this episode, we finish up our conversation with writer, director, producer Tom Lynch. And I was going to tease you guys with some of the stuff we talked about in the last part of this conversation, but you know what? Why don't we just tune in and listen? Was it a conscious decision to use the dancers as the guest stars? And Andrea has been very supportive of this podcast. And oh, how is she? I I haven't talked to her yet. I hope to talk to her. But well, you send her my love. This is one of the funniest things. There are only seven cast members I have never met in person, and she is one of them. And so, yes. So the fact that she's so supportive, it's wonderful. But yeah, yeah, that was a great thing. And the Magic Toy Shop, Joseph was a featured role yep. in that, you know. So was yep. was that important to you to feature the dancers? Yes, yes. And it became more important with time. There's two reasons for it. One was creative that, as I said, we owed a lot to Broadway. Mm-hmm. So 42nd Street, when I was working for Don Kirshner, I'm from LA, I'd never seen a Broadway musical. And he would get tickets because famous people get tickets to things and he wouldn't want to go and I would go. So I went and saw mm-hmm. everything. And then I learned this weird trick that if you go to a Broadway show at intermission, you can just walk right in. So I saw the back half of every Broadway (laughs) show ever done. I saw Nicholas Nickleby, which was like nine hours or whatever. (laughs) I saw the second half of everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I um, so 42nd Street had this really pure song story, song story. And it's the first time I recognized that story advanced song advanced. I mean, song advanced story. And it led me to believe that every pop song could fit any emotional moment. And that's, Mm -hmm. I've done my whole life that stayed with me. Mm -hmm. So um, what was the question? About featuring the dancers. (laughs) Oh, so the dancers. So in those, we had a choreographer. Our first choreographer is a woman named Doreen Grussman in the Mm -hmm. first three or four seasons. And she was, she came from, she was a Balanchine dancer. She was this, she was very, very, um, she was the real deal. She was the real mm-hmm. deal. And so she took these kids and it was like boot camp, man. She made them work. They, they worked harder than any of us. And whenever I needed to fill scenes, I didn't have more money to get more extras. So, Hey, we have these five people. Let's walk them through, you know, and Mario Lopez was one of the originals that you cut to Mario in a close up. It's the same. He's the cutest person in the world. Right. And there's nobody, there's nobody having more fun in life than Mario Lopez. He was always just having a great time and happy and beautiful family and really, really proud of him. I'm proud. I know proud is the right word. Really just happy for the man he's grown into, you know, really thrilled with it. So, um, um, so they, as we went on, they were working so hard and they were, um, there might've been a rift between the principals and the dancers. There was always a little bit of a boom, boom, a little something there. Okay, and so I started, here. I started putting them in lead roles and speaking mm-hmm. roles because they work so hard. It was easy for me to do. I didn't have to go hire someone else. You'd pay him a little extra to do a speaking part, but they were still right. getting paid. And it just all kind of worked in the world. It worked in the reality of it all. That was great. Is the music and the rights to the music one of the reasons, unfortunately, the, this show will probably never make it to Disney Plus or? I would think so. I yeah, would think that's so. What because I, that's what I, I think the music rights back then were limited for the show mm-hmm. i'm sure they could redo it but i don't think anybody wants to dig down and do that there is always talk about redoing the show 
doing a new version of it, which we are in talks right now about doing. And, um, you know, that's come up over the years all the time. And I dragged my foot the first 20 years, 25 years, because I was still in, um, you know, you know, you know, my career, I was always busy. I was always doing something new and I didn't want to look back. I wasn't comfortable enough looking back on anything. Uh, we sold it one time to the, uh, the hub when the hub started, cause I knew Margaret Lesh was there. They were going to buy it or Steve Davis was going to buy it. And then, um, MGM had a problem with the deal or whatever. And it's just like, forget it. Cause a bunch of people got to agree to make it happen. Right. And now MGM is excited about it and we're in discussions and starting to talk about what that would be. And if it happens, there'll be nobody happier than me. I, I would, I, I'm comfortable enough in my life um, that, yeah, let's, let's get a new voice in there. Let's get a young woman to, to run that show. Let's get a young Latina person to do or young African-American. Let's get a different set of stories to come into that, you know? And I think that would be really cool to do. I think it'd be really cool to do. So we'll see. Were there ever any stories you wanted to tell through this medium that you didn't get to tell yet? Yes. The story yeah. of divorce. Oh yeah. Divorce. I think we touched on it. We touched on an abusive kid. A uh, kid mm -hmm. was abused and we had a really, I think they might, they came close to firing me for that because I think I literally sent them a script that they would like. And then I shot one that I would like. And I figured, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh God. Like, oh no. That was, I got, there was a day at the end of season two, what season did you come work for us? Not Three? till the end. No, the I, end. I, okay. I started showing up on the set on the fourth season, but I okay. didn't start being there every okay. day until the ninth. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of season two, MGM, it's syndicated. The executive at MGM walks into the booth. I'm in the booth and we're shooting the show and it goes, Damn it, we are going <laughs> to sue you. We are going to ruin you. I'm now 28 and a half. Okay. I'm like, Oh shit. What I do. We're going to, he goes, we just found out that you do the notes. Of, they I'd send the script like you saw and they'd send notes and I'd change them and they'd go out, but you were shooting your version. I go, yeah, they were better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were going to kill me, man. <laughs> that was, uh, I would not do that or advise that for anybody to do today. That was uh reckless abandonment. And I didn't do it. I just want to be clear. I wasn't difficult. I, I thought I was joyful to work with, but if it wasn't good, why do it? Right. And right. I mean, I made plenty of mistakes and there's plenty of areas in the show. If I saw them, I go, Ooh, I was just trying my best and to do the best. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And I think that's probably a motto I still live with today. Make sure you do the best you can and, and it'll work out. And the people who were giving the notes, their name's nowhere near it. So you have to right. put out something with your name on it right. and yeah, and stand by there it. Was, there yeah. was that, I learned a great lesson that um, everybody will tell you when you create something, everybody will tell you what's wrong with it. So few people tell you what's right with it until right. it's successful. Right. And that's, uh, and that's something where <laughs> as a producer, one of the things you have to do is you have to protect the integrity of the idea, whatever that idea is, whether I produce for someone else, which I do rarely, but have done and have enjoyed the experience or produce your own work. You have to protect that idea because nobody else is going to, everybody else has an agenda and they're, they're valid right. agendas. I want the budget lower. I, it's got a feature we're selling 
you know, we need more girls and we need more boys and we need more of this. And they're all legitimate concerns, but there's really only one person that has a vision. And that, that vision has to be, uh, many people help make that, but somebody woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to tell a story through music. Okay, with these kids, that's what I'm going to do. And I, one of the things that always stays with me is um, the song from when movies were movies, a hero's just a fool till he succeeds. Love and it. Yes, yes. And that always stays with me because you could be working and working and working that no one sees the value in right. until it's successful. And then everybody right. wants in on it. But yep. you've been the one plugging away for like, you know, trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah. 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 With yeah. all the detail. There's also, though, what, you, what I learned is I have to also become more open-minded because sometimes I can be so locked that, wait a minute, right. there's something cool here. And in the cycle of my career, it went from, oh, my God, I hope this doesn't fail to, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Let, let me make sure that, it's, that everything is done the way I want it to be done. It'll be great. Right. To now, it's like, yeah. Leave, leave that, leave time open for inspiration, leave time open for that, um, that kind of alchemy that comes when you put Martika and Jerry Shirell on a stage, you can't write that. That just worked. When you see this little kid, the kid Rasan show up and he gets next to Stacy and those two are belting out to each other and they're challenging each other. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Right. You exactly. Know, yeah, you just let yeah. that happen. So I think in the journey of a creator of an artist, the real joy becomes when you're comfortable enough in failing that yeah. you're, you're open enough for, for magic to happen for something right. different to happen. Just a couple more questions. Did you uh, ever think, 35, 36 years ago, that people would still be talking about this show 40 years later. No, never <laughs> in my wildest dreams. As I told you, bankruptcies, people wanting to fire me, network <laughs> changes, new presidents every step of the way. It was a minefield. But I've also learned that every show is a minefield. There's always, you're just worried about getting canceled. I don't know anybody who's not worried about getting, I've never had that experience of not going... Great. And make it pop. Make it pop was huge. And then year two, it was a little less huge. But since it was a little less, they stopped it. I'm like, OK. And, and it then goes to Hulu and became the number one kid show on Hulu. So you don't you need to. You just got to do the best you can, because who knows what's going to happen? You know, who who friggin knows? I um, I, I what I am grateful for is that that I did work that pe resonates with people, that touch people. That, that's what I'm really grateful for, that I was able to, and a lot of it was luck. I'm, you know, I, I get a lot of accolades, but a lot of it was just lucky. There I was in 1973, not thinking I could go to college and work for a man who did music by total accident, right? Total accident that happened. Wow, when I left that job, I got married I, I left that job from making 75,000 a year, a young married man at that time was a ton of money and decided I'm going to go make my own show. The first show I financed with my own money, Smokey Robinson hosted Janet Jackson, Kim Carnes, uh, Cool in the Gang, which was all there. And I wanted to do kind of the black urban, whatever you called it, uh, cooler, solid gold. Total disaster. Total lost all my money. I'm a married oh guy, God. broke. I'm married. I'm broke. I'm a, 
I'm a, I got a baby on the way. And then uh, this little thing comes up, would you do this show? And I'm like, well, not that way, but I would do this to it. And it <laughs> yeah. becomes kids incorporated in the middle of kids incorporated. I, I knew about music videos and I like music. I was directing more music videos than the off time. I'd go direct music videos. Oh, Oh, I started my own music show night tracks. I had my own music, you know, everything as I tell my own children and younger people, the job you have now is not the job, your full-time job. It's the next one. And you don't know where it's going to take you. You have, I, uh, as you know, I, uh, I am a man of faith and mm -hmm. I believe if you show up, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be what you, nothing ever happened that I planned. But man, <laughs> such great stuff happened on the way to my plans. <laughs> right, right. Do you have uh, any messages we could pass on to the fans who've stuck with you? God, do I love you. You guys, <laughs> You through the people loving this show, I was able to have a life. I was able to raise four children. I was able to create, to get a career. I mean, selfishly, I was given so much by that show so much by that show that gave me that let me become a writer producer showrunner studio i ran my own company had my own studio it just opened it all up you know it just mm -hmm. opened up it showed me that it just he, oh when you asked earlier about the fans when it mm -hmm. hit me i had been wondering about fan mail why weren't we getting fan mail nobody knew no mail was coming to the office and i this showed up it was like it was like the movie Elf with Santa. These big bags showed up a year later. Like what's they've been going to MGM and somebody had them in the back. And that's when I went, Oh my God. Um, that's I funny. think to the fans, I just say, thank you. I'm just so grateful that the show touched you. I'm grateful you remember it. Um, just gratitude, absolute gratitude. And there you go, guys. That is the first conversation with Tom Lynch. I hope it is the first of many. I want to send a big shout out uh, to Tom for talking with us and giving us all kinds of inside scoop on Kids Incorporated. I also want to take a minute to thank, um, it's it's either kidsincorporated.us or sometimes it's kidsinc.us. Depends on where you search for it. And I believe on YouTube, it's just Kids Incorporated. And I want to thank them for all of their support. They help me uh, with the intros and all kinds of things. And I want you guys to check them out on YouTube too. Uh, all of our social medias are coming up. And uh, again, if you guys have any questions, feedback, anything, just find us on social media. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we've got some great things coming up. I can't wait. Uh, so in the meantime, be good to others, be good to yourself, and may the joy, excitement, hope, and magic that was Kids Incorporated find a way into your life every day. See you next time. Don't forget to visit us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast, twitter.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast, and instagram.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast. If you have any questions for Tom Lynch or any of the cast that we might be talking with sometime soon, email us at kidsincpodcast at gmail.com.